Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters, who's on the ground in New York ahead of this week's auto show. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Ford rebounds in Q1 while Stellantis slumps. 5,000 salaried workers accept GM's buyout offers. And Genesis hints at a new sport model here in New York. Plus, we'll hear from J.D. Powers' Tyson Jomini, who talks about what we should make of these early sales results. Sales are up very solidly single digits from from year-ago levels. However, when we dive to the next level, what we see is a lot of that growth is coming from fleet sales. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Speaking of these early sales results, after a rough fourth quarter last year, Ford saw sales rise 10% in the first three months of 2023. The Ford division rose 11%. Lincoln, however, was down more than 1%. The first quarter tally was driven by a 20% jump in pickup sales and a slight gain in SUVs. Stellantis wasn't so fortunate in Q1. Its slump continued with sales down 9%. That came behind a 20% drop at Jeep and 7% at Ram. Sales were up at Dodge and Chrysler, which are much smaller divisions. The company, with some of the industry's highest inventory levels, along with rising incentives, has seen U.S. sales decline seven consecutive quarters. And Nissan got some wind in its sales behind strong light truck deliveries. It snapped a stretch of six straight quarterly declines with a 17% increase in the first quarter. The Nissan division advanced 16% and Infiniti surged 40%. Sales results from Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Jaguar Land Rover will be released later in the month. You can find the latest sales results at autonews.com. GM says about 5,000 of its salaried employees have chosen to leave the company with voluntary buyouts. CFO Paul Jacobson shared the number during a Bank of America automotive conference. He said the program came in line with the automakers' expectations as part of an effort to cut $2 billion in cost over the next two years. The number represents about 6% of the 80,000 salaried employees GM had globally at the end of 2022. GM said no layoffs or terminations are on the table for now. UAW membership rose about 3% last year to just over 383,000. That's according to an annual financial report filed by the union. The report compares union membership as of December 2022 to the same period a year earlier. The increase represents a rebound compared to 2021, a year when membership dropped 6%. The union reported net assets of over a billion dollars after about $84 million in liabilities at the end of the reporting period. And here in the Big Apple... Genesis presented a four-passenger coupe-style version of the GV80 crossover as a design concept in the run-up to the New York Auto Show that kicks off Wednesday. Luke Dunkwolk is chief creative officer for Hyundai Motor Group. He says the design team wanted to create something with the right balance between something elegant and something sporty. I like this tension. I like this contradiction. I like this antagonist. This is what it's all about because... It's the spices, but too much spices burn your tongue and then you can't taste anything. So you have to dose it right. On plans for a production model of the concept, Dunk Wolk says, quote, it's done already. 
and you won't have to wait too long. You can see photos of the Genesis concept at autonews.com. And those are today's headlines. So, Kel, you're on the ground in New York, as well as Jamie. Uh, Tell us what you're seeing down there as we gear up for this week's auto show. Well, Jake, earlier today, I was at the uh, Automotive Forum, and everyone is pretty excited. Um, It's buzzing around town right now. Um, This is my first time, actually, at a New York auto show. I'm just interested to compare it to the L.A. show, since, you know, New York and L.A. are two very, very big markets, two of the biggest markets in the United States. And so I want to see how this holds up with the L.A. show. But it's New York, so I'm, I'm expecting them to go big. Are you seeing any delays around town related to the arrest of a certain former president? It's it's funny you say that because on my drive in from the airport, they had a couple checkpoints set up where they were checking cars. So they're getting ready. But overall, it's hustling and bustling and it's business as usual. Well, looking forward to hearing more of your reporting from the auto show and from Jamie uh, later in the week. Oh, yeah, it should be good. Coming up. We'll talk more about what to expect this week at the New York Auto Show with J.D. Powers' Tyson Jomini, who also gives us his thoughts on early first quarter sales results. That's next on Daily Drive. Hi, I'm Pete Bigelow, host of Shift, a podcast about mobility from Automotive News. Each week, I bring you a conversation with leaders who are on the cutting edge of transportation, like this one with consultant and strategist Salika Josiah Talbot. The technologists are forcing themselves in a space that they shouldn't be. And I think the social scientists and politicians are falling down on the job. To hear more about the new technology and policy reshaping the way people and goods move around, join me on Shift. New episodes each Sunday on autonews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. It's a big week for the auto world with the kickoff of the New York Auto Show, as well as the first quarterly sales look of the year. Today, J.D. Power, NADA, and the New York International Auto Show are hosting their annual automotive forum to make sense of all the trends and the outlook for the rest of the year. Jamie caught up with Tyson Jomini, Vice President of Data and Analytics for J.D. Power. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News, and I'm here with Tyson Jomini, one of the uh, vice presidents of J.D. Power. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Good to see you as well as at this J.D. Power-sponsored event or organized event uh, here on the eve of the New York Auto Show. It's also the time when first quarter and March auto sales are being announced, and you are one of our go-to experts on the auto market. What the heck is happening out there? I mean, sales have been strong in general, Mm -hmm. Uh, primarily, you know, top line, total sales, all channels combined. Um, Sales are are up very solidly single digits from from year ago levels. However, when we dive to the next level, what we see is a lot of that growth is coming from fleet sales. Mm -hmm. Um, So very strong sales to the fleet channel, which means that the retail channel is is behind a little bit. Um, So automakers have been sending more units to the fleet channel, which is helping to keep higher prices for automakers, but also higher prices for consumers. They're not getting the, uh, they're not oversupplying the retail channel where people can start to demand the discounts we saw in the before times. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing record transaction prices in Q1 and the ability to to move things to the fleet channel. Normally, it could be considered a sign of weakness, uh, but now that the fleet channel is so profitable, this is actually a great sign for a profitability for automakers that they can move vehicles from one channel to the other to maximize revenue as opposed to just keeping the plants open, which is what normally goes on. 
One of the things that I've been struggling with, you know, if you look March to March, it's a little up. First quarter to first quarter, it's a little up. But within the quarter, the SAR, the seasonally adjusted annualized rate, has been coming down, 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 you know, 16, 15, 14-ish. Is that a trend that's going to continue, or is that just a flukiness of the seasonal factors? Yeah, the seasonal factors are have been wrong for a long time in the auto industry. There's no seasonality right now, because we don't have enough vehicles to feed the seasonality that should be there. Um, so the, the, when you look at SAR, it is a bit flaky. Right now, it's up and down. Um, I would say look at the, the raw numbers, the sales numbers themselves, and I think that provides a better indication right now of what's going on. And from that, we see that sales are up modestly uh, from year-ago levels. A lot of good numbers reported in the last couple of days. Two companies that stand out for not great numbers, uh, Toyota and Stellantis, they seem like very different stories. Yeah. Uh, what's what's going on under the hood with both of those? Well, I mean, Toyota, I mean, I guess for them, it's, it's a sign of just how long and difficult the supply chain crisis has been. I mean, an automaker with as much production excellence and supply chain excellence as Toyota continues to struggle. And I think that's really what's going on is they're still quite struggling with their supply chain. Mm -hmm. uh, Stellantis, perhaps on the other end of the spectrum, they're producing a lot of expensive vehicles. I mean, something we're keeping an eye on for the industry is the number of, of high trim, high option vehicles that are being produced. It's far outpacing demand right now. And so Stellantis has produced a lot of very very expensive Ram and, and Wagoneers and, and Grand Cherokee L's. Um, they need to start adjusting that mix back down to the, the lower end of the market, smaller SUVs uh, where consumers are, and, and I think they'll find that success there. That was something that really stood out to me in the data that your colleague uh, Thomas King had on the screen earlier, uh, that, that gap. Uh, because we, we've seen so much of, especially during the scarcity of the pandemic, uh, it just, and, but even before, especially with trucks, like the higher you could go, the better. The more uh, loaded it was, the faster it sold. And even though they were higher profit, they've sold faster. And like that's now finally been maxed out or overshot a little bit. Yeah, I mean, right now the gap between what's selling and what is on the lots, I mean, it's a $5,000 gap of what is sitting on the lots. The average MSRP is 5000 above what sells right now, which is an indication that prices have to come down. I mean, our thesis here for 2023 is that prices will come down later in the year. The way we're going to get there, of course, we can do it with incentives, you know, we can do it a lot of the old techniques, or we could start building lower price units, lower trims, lower options, and start bringing down the price more organically than having to pull that incentives lever, because um, that's something we want to avoid. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the used cars, because I feel like that's one of the things as well that's been, of course, the data is so messy in these uh, you know, COVID times and post-COVID times. But one of the things that's been a concern, or at least a question, is like, what is the used car market going to look like in five years? You know, even not just the next three years where we know it's volume depressed. So it kept looking like, well, gosh, they're only making high-end vehicles. And maybe if, if the new vehicle production comes back down to a more even distribution, maybe we eventually return to a more normal used market as well? Uh, the used market is going to be really to the end of the decade till it starts to look, you know, what we'd say is normal mm -hmm. um, because of the when the, the production cuts that we've seen, but also the number of consumers that have shifted out of leases and the number of, of, of vehicles that are coming out of the, the fleet channel after two years and the number of, of vehicles that they were sending to be, you know, service loan cars and demo units, all of that is gone. Mm -hmm. And so the number of lightly used vehicles coming back to market, I mean, that the, really the three-year lease is the backbone of the used car market. Leasing has fallen from 31% down to a low of about 17%. Um, and so we're seeing leases fall off at the same time volume is falling off. <laughs> so that whole backbone, though, 
the whole, the strength of the used car market is, is basically gone and it's going to continue that way uh, for at least three years after we start leasing again because that's how long it takes to rebuild that pipeline. Um, and we're not there yet, and it's already still down. <laughs> right, yeah. it's already it's already you know we're already halfway through 2023. Um, so we may not see leasing rebound until 24, 25, 26, and then those vehicles start coming back 27, 28, 2029. So we have a, a normal market. Uh, but what we've been seeing in in the used market, the wholesale numbers, mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of people know that the. the Prices have been going back up there, and it's it's been kind of a, a you know a conundrum. Like, why are prices going up in Q1 on the used market after we thought they'd come down? Uh, we still believe prices will fall nine percent on used vehicles in 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Q1, I mean, what what we really think we're seeing in the data is a lot of the players were on the sidelines. Some of the big uh, used car superstores and buyers uh, had to work off a lot of high price data, so they were sitting on the sidelines. They've now come back to market. The other thing is the retailers. You know, we we kept hearing recessions coming recessions coming well they're getting close to summer and recession isn't here they need vehicles to sell for people here in April May and June to get ready to go on those family trips for summer and so there's a lot of retailers that have now gotten back into the wholesale market to get more inventory right before the summer selling season recessions not here yet so they're getting a little more optimistic here in the short term and they're having to just pay what it takes to buy them at auction yeah I mean, you don't have another choice there's, there's not off-lease vehicles <laughs> there's no service loan card I mean there's there's none of the, the traditional levers that they could go after very interesting. So looking at the rest of the year, looking out, and one of the things that's been such a puzzle is how much pent-up demand there is. I mean, I think we've heard Toyota estimate it might be six million vehicles worth of uh, sales waiting on the sidelines for the right mix or availability. Uh, you guys have a lower number. Yeah, well, we've seen about 7 million lost sales really since the start of COVID, so three years now of, of, of declining sales and, and trying to recover. It's been 7 million lost sales, but of that, only a portion still remains in pent-up demand, and for us, that's about 2.4 million of vehicles are in pent-up demand. Um, and, and even then, it's not just a bunch of retail consumers sitting on the sideline. That's about half of fleet versus retail. So we say it's about 2.4. Well, about over 1 million of that alone is going to the fleet market. Um, so there, there's still a lot of pent-up demand. And that's, you know, for the industry, it's a safe harbor. When you talk about 2.4 million sales on the sidelines, I mean, that's, that's almost an entire quarter of sales just waiting for us to get in. The industry is racing to that safe harbor, trying to beat out the economic storms that are coming. So before I let you go, I know you are the, the sales expert, but we're, we're in New York. The auto show is this week. What are you looking for? What are you hoping to see? I really want to see that Genesis GV80 they unveiled last night. That thing is amazing looking. Um, I love the interior. The interior looks like they, they stole the seats right out of a, a Porsche GT series. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, also looking forward to seeing the uh, the new EV9 um, uh, from Kia. Um, so it's it sounds like it's a you know all Korean type New York auto show. Traditionally, this is a a place where we see a lot of the luxury players. Um, I don't sense that luxury strength. You know, normally you see Mercedes and Audi and and BMW here. I'm not feeling it right now, but maybe they're going to unveil something and surprise us. Yeah, well, they, they don't have a press conference scheduled. The Germans have really backed off. But what this show, the second year in a row, uh, with multiple press conferences, multiple appearances by the Hyundai Group and by Stellantis. So we'll see what they, uh, what they have in store for us. Tyson Jomini, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer, and for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to our own Jackson Hallauer, David Phillips, Lindsey Van Holy, Michael Martinez, and Lawrence Iliff for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news from the New York City Auto Show, first quarter sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. 
Come back tomorrow for Jamie's conversation with Stellantis North America COO Mark Stewart. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.